Hello and welcome to The Genius Podcast. I am your host, Karen Doyle, and I would like to invite you to join me and countless other Catholic women as we not only discover our own genius, but we own it, and then we bring it as a gift to the world and the people we do life with. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The Genius Project is dedicated to helping Catholic women discover their unique genius, what it is they are called to do with their gifts and their life. I hope and pray that you will come away inspired and as St. Catherine of Siena said, set the world ablaze with your genius. I am so excited to bring you something really special this week. I am involved with Sisterhood, which is a national Catholic women's movement. We host Australia's main National Catholic Women's Conference, as well as support women to form Sisterhood Connect groups. These groups are made up of approximately five to seven women who meet on a regular basis in someone's home, and they are a beautiful place of support, formation and prayer. This year, we were four days off hosting our national conference when the world went into lockdown. This left so many women ready to be spiritually fed at the conference, but not able to attend the event. With the COVID shutdown, so many women expressed feeling really isolated and they expressed a deep need for connection despite social distancing. So the Sisterhood Movement set up virtual Sisterhood Connect groups for women right around the country. And we decided to do a book study on Father Jacques Philippe's book, Searching for and Maintaining Inner Peace. Women met online once a fortnight and worked through the book. We produced a beautiful PDF journal for them to go deeper in the personal prayer time, as well as a podcast which unpacked each chapter. It is this podcast that I am so excited to share with you through the Genius Project. For six podcasts, I am joined by Therese Nichols, a female Catholic entrepreneur and founder of One Plate, as well as Sister Mary Helen, a Dominican sister of St. Cecilia, Nashville, Tennessee. These two women are incredibly special and have been a really important part of my journey. You will see and experience their beautiful heart through our conversation. We had such a blessed time recording these conversations and we really hope and pray that they will be a blessing to you. Oh, thank you. It's been wonderful. I've loved it. It's been good. And it's not just about jumping on a call. Like there's quite a lot of preparation and prayer that goes into (laughs) preparing each episode. So on behalf of all the women in the sisterhood groups who've been listening to this, I really want to thank you both because it's been such a gift. So Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is a bit of a summary episode and I find it interesting that he ends the book with part three of telling us what the saints tell us. And I found that actually really beautiful because there's so much wisdom just in those couple of pages at the end of the book. It's so rich. Yeah, it's a treasure chest of gold of what these saints have said. I don't know about you, but growing up, the saints were really only something we flicked through a book for our confirmation in year six. It wasn't <laughs> my whole upbringing going through Catholic education. The saints were not something that we ever focused on, which is really sad, I think, because wow. there's so yeah. much to learn from them. And I mean, most people know my husband, Jonathan, is a speaker and he has many great sayings. And one of his great sayings that I love the most is that the church has the best product in the world with the worst marketing department. (laughs) I just love that quote because for me it sums up my experience growing up 
in the Catholic Church that I, I didn't hear about the saints. I didn't even hear about John Paul II's teachings on Catholic womanhood until I was 27. And mm. I think it's so sad because this is such a treasure chest of just gold to help us mm-hmm. live our lives by and, and to bring us peace and happiness. And so I love how Father Jacques introduces us to all of these saints at the end of the book. And uh, yeah, there's so much in that. Saints that I'd never even heard of, right? <laughs> like the yeah. first one, I'd never heard mm. of him at all. But it, that would be my favourite. So I'm interested mm. to hear from both of you who your favourite saint was and why did it impact you? Um, well, I just like all saints. They're all good. Um, <laughs> but I picked out favourite quotes really from Francis de Sales but also from um, Francis Lieberman. Yeah. Uh, I really like, I really like him. I've read his biography when I was um, in America and I just, he's a great, he's just got so many good quotes in the back. Yeah. I, oh gosh, I love these saints at the back of the book and what they spoke about peace and bringing it all together. I feel like that little chapter at the book, at the back of the book of the saints quotes pretty much sums up the whole mm. book. Yeah, it um, does. Father Jacques. So, yeah, there was many things that stood out, but I really, I loved what Francois-Marie Jacob Lumen oh, also very good. spoke about. Wow. <laughs> Say that again. Say it again. Uh, okay, Francois-Marie Jacob Ooh, la la. <laughs> la la. <laughs> I had never heard of him. I mm. This is the first time that I had heard, um, I've heard of this wonderful saint. Um, but I loved when he said, Remind yourself of this constantly and strongly establish this truth in your spirit and your heart that the best way and even the infallible way of being in a continual prayer is to keep one soul at peace before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Keep your soul at peace. Your soul should always be enclosed in itself or better enclosed in Jesus who dwells there therein, not imprisoned or locked up under key, but in gentle repose kept in Jesus who holds it in his arms. And I just, I loved that, particularly in the times that we're living now where so many different crazy, bizarre things are happening around the world. Mm. And then particularly in our own world here in Australia where we've been in lockdown and our Mm. churches have been closed, we haven't been able to go to adoration, we haven't been able to receive the sacraments. There's so much unrest. We don't know where things are heading. As Sister Mary Helen said when we were offline, you can't lock down grace and we nothing can take away that freedom and that peace and love that lives within our soul, which is Christ within our soul. And to keep that interior peace, as uh, Francois-Marie Jacob Liverman talks about, <laughs> oh. about, keeping that not under lock and key but enclosed within our hearts and our souls, nothing can get to that. And... It just, I feel like it's so relevant to the times that we're living in to protect that, to know that, you know, we may not be able to get to adoration when we want. We may not even be able to get to Sunday Mass Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, but nothing can take Jesus away from within us, within our soul. I remember I did the Emmanuel School of Mission in Rome many years ago and there was a guy there who used to always he always did this. He always put his hand on his heart and he said, close your eyes. Perhaps everyone who's listening to this can do it now. Close your eyes and just put your hand on your heart and feel the beat 
of your heart. And that's the Jesus's heartbeat within you. Mm-hmm. And that's, as you feel that heartbeat, feel that peace that is beating. And that's the peace of Christ that nothing can be, nothing can take that away. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the world can take that peace. And that peace unlocks love. And so I feel like those words that Francois Rudy wrote um, 18, in 1802, so long ago, yeah. that it's so relevant to now. And we hear it so often from martyrs and saints who have been imprisoned for their faith that how everything was taken away from them. Mm. Everything, the, what's, you know, what we see is everything. But God could not be taken away. That peace within the heart could not be taken away. So I think those words of holding Christ close to us and enclosing um, our soul of just him and me and keeping that at peace is so, so important to start that daily practice of knowing how close he is because as time goes on and things around us change and circumstances, whether it's global or whether it's family, conflict or job loss or financial, whatever it might be, um, that Jesus within us, that will not change and to to, to protect that. Mm. Amen. I, I love that too, that whole concept of Jesus and just enclosing him in our soul. That really spoke to me as well. So, Therese, can you say the name of the first saint? Uh, Jean de Bonilla. Oh, <laughs> I like your voice. I think it's, I think it's Juan de Bonilla. Oh, hello, sister. <laughs> Okay, he has got the Spanish, you're right. It's a Spanish. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> say, say it again. I'm not good with my Spanish. It's, it's, I can't, it's funny. <laughs> Poor people of Spanish, forgive us. Yeah, no, Juan de Bonilla. I love it. So we have a French and a Spanish person on the podcast today. I just loved him. I never heard of him before. And mm. honestly, so much of what he says, I was just like, highlight, highlight, highlight. <laughs> it was so, so good. Just, you know, happy are those who are at peace. And he yeah. talks about just how the Lord builds a city of peace within our soul and he will make you a house of delight. That which he wants of you is that whenever you are troubled, you would recover your calm, your peace on your own in your work, in your thoughts, in all your activities without exception. Mm-hmm. And, and this taps into, I guess, what I had spoke about at the start of the last podcast about cooperating with grace, about pursuing peace, and he's saying it here, to recover your calm on your own. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much emphasis on we have to make an active decision that, that God obviously invites us into peace But like, you know, Mary, the Blessed Mother in the Annunciation where the angel approached her and invited her to become the mother of Jesus, like she could have said no, but there was that active yes. And I think, you know, for us as well, when it comes to peace, we're invited to say an active yes to peace. And Mm. and then we actually have to take steps to pursue it, to to make Mm. that happen. But Mm. I really, I love this concept of building a house within your soul. And I know many years ago when the Dominican sisters, you, you did that retreat at Midagong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
I'm like, bring those back. <laughs> I like they. I just love those. I, I got on the, to them way too late. I didn't even know they were happening. But the last probably three I went to and they were so good. But I remember Sister Mary Rachel, I think, gave a talk talking about, now you have to help me out here. I think it was St. Therese. She talks about the building, the Crystal Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. St. Teresa of Avila. Yeah. That's Teresa right. Avila. Yeah, and just this idea of a building and it comes up a lot. So St. Teresa of Avila mm. here and also C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, he talks about this idea that God is building a house in our soul and it's a beautiful castle and it takes time just like any buildings, any home that we build, mm. you know, the foundations have to be laid and then the concrete has to be poured and, and you have to wait a long time before then you can build the rest of the house. And I think mm. we forget in our society that the spiritual life is a journey and it's a, a lifelong mm. journey and we can in our human nature want to rush that and many aspects of that. But I really like this image of building a house because for me, it talks about the time that's needed to map it out and then the time that's needed to dig the foundation and then the time that's needed to lay the foundation and then build. But then not once it's built, to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that for me is a really powerful image. And I wanted to share this quote from C.S. Lewis. You probably are familiar with it. But he's talking about building a house and I just invite everyone to close their eyes who's listening to this because I find this to be really, really moving. He says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right. He's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing and you are not surprised. But presently he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts and it does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here or putting on an extra floor over there, running up towers, making courtyards, you thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. And he intends to come and live in it himself. I just, I love that. I just think mm. that it just really moves me that we we see our lives just from our perspective and, and that perspective is really limited. But God has this aerial view, like he sits up high above everything and he sees how all the pieces are coming together. And I think the whole premise of this book is really about abandonment and confidence in him and in his providence, in his faithfulness, in his care for us and and trusting that he's building something quite extraordinary in us. Yeah. I I think that uh, on page 91 it's um, trusting in providence. He says the measure of divine providence in us depends on the degree of trust we have in it. I love that. And um, he goes on, you know, do not anticipate the unpleasant events of this life by apprehension. Rather anticipate them with the perfect hope that as they happen, God to whom you belong will protect you. Mm. I love that. Yeah, so I we love don't that. have to, mm. you know, the actual actuality of our 
life and decisions and our faults and other people's faults and all these sorts of things will come. Mm -hmm. But in every moment um, we are in the hands of of God who loves us. Mm. Yeah. I think, Sister, it goes on there to say, talk about that he will protect you, he will be with you. But even if you find yourself in those situations at times where you find yourself unable to walk, he will carry you. Yes. Mm. It reminds me of the scripture from John where Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives it. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm-hmm. And this is a promise from God. This is a promise from Jesus Christ that he said to us that he's left us his peace and that we don't need, our heart does not need to be troubled, troubled or afraid because he is with us. And this is his, this is the word of God. This is him speaking to us and to hold on to that, to actually truly believe it and allow it to be activated in our lives in every situation. So it goes in, I suppose, what, um, our Spanish saint said, how do you say it, Sister Mary Helen? Juan de Bonilla. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oui, oui. Um, where he says, <laughs> I know, it was French. <laughs> um, where he says, take care to never let your heart be troubled, saddened, agitated or involved in that which can cause it to lose its peace. Rather work always to remain tran- tranquil. Mm-hmm. And similar to what um, you said at the beginning, Karen, of working towards it, that we, that to, at some point we have to put in that effort and that we have to work on being tranquil, on, of being peaceful. And I mean, that sometimes that seems overwhelming. Like, how do we do that in a moment of when everything seems to be falling apart around us? But it's that God's given us today. It's working on it today, not tomorrow, yes. but today, and making the decision today to be peaceful, to work on being tranquil. And that's the thing where we're in progress, we're working. The castle isn't fully <laughs> built yeah. yet. The palace isn't fully built. It's constantly yeah. being built. Yeah, we're, we're masterpieces in, <laughs> in progress. Under construction. <laughs> yeah, under <laughs> construction. <laughs> so we should all just constantly have, you know, little shirts. Sorry for the mess. We're still under construction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got some scaffolding around at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. We're just not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is sort of a little bit disjointed, but I think it, just the kind, the kind gaze that God has us in the middle of this construction. Just mm-hmm. to remember how kindly He looks on us. And I like on page 89. I think this is Francis de Sales. He says. If we knew ourselves well, rather than being flabbergasted to find ourselves on the ground, mm-hmm. we would wonder how we managed to remain standing, you know, like just the upside mm-hmm. down of it. Um, that It's okay. We're always, you know, we're always little blind Bartimaeus on the on the side. Like we, we're always in need of God and, and that's okay. That's our, mm-hmm. that's our space. Yes. And I think just, I guess, going forward, like from this point, you know, we've been on this journey for six weeks or more actually over COVID because people have been meeting once a fortnight. But I guess once we close that back page of the book, what happens? Does it go on the bookshelf and just become a nice little book that we read through COVID? (laughs) Or do we actually allow it to transform our hearts? And I think, Therese, what you said was just the You said it before that it's easy to put this stuff into practice when life is going well, 
But how do we do that when, I guess, the knocks of life start coming and we find ourselves in a difficult situation which threatens us and threatens our peace? And I think I really, my heart is to really encourage women to put something into practice, like to maybe choose three things and actually daily journal them and put them into practice in their life. Because I love the whole life principle of reaping and sowing. And I believe that in life we can sow a feast or a famine into our life by the things that we choose to give our time to, the things that we choose to read, and just those small choices that seem inconsequential but actually add up to make a big difference in our lives. So I think going forward from here, I guess what will you both put into practice and what do you take away once you close this book and it goes back on the bookshelf? Like what stays with you? I think rereading this book over these last few weeks, it's just really, I suppose what's really struck me is the great, great importance that God puts in scripture all through on peace and all the saints and like I've always known it you know and you know pray for peace love joy faith like it's the um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit but I think rereading this book and hearing what these saints are saying about peace and reading through scripture about the importance of peace that we actually or I need to make peace a priority in my life mm-hmm. that it needs to become it can't just be another buzzword um, or a word that makes me feel good, but it actually needs to be a priority in my life that I have to constantly work on every day and see the importance of peace and working on peace and being mindful every day of being peaceful because in that state of peace within my heart, that's what unlocks a greater love for people, a greater joy of hope and actually feeds directly into a deeper prayer life, a deeper interior life. Mm-hmm. And I think reading through it, well, something that just struck me is something, I suppose when somebody dies, when somebody passes away, the thing that we constantly say is may they rest in peace. It's mm-hmm. that the thing that we hope for that person, that they rest in peace. We often don't say love or like these other words. It's always yeah. may they rest in peace. And just culturally and within us, we know how important it is for people to be at peace and how we want that for people. We want people to be in peace and how that starts while we're alive, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. when we're dead. And the importance of actually living that peace now because the fruits of us being at peace is huge within our families, within our friendship, within our work. And if we can activate and constantly work on that peace within our life, the great graces and benefits of how that will bless and anoint others is huge. So for me, the takeaway is to make peace a priority and to work on, to be, to really be intentional on being peaceful each day. And that yeah. that's as simple as slowing down when I walk mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to not ruminating over decisions or, yeah. or letting other people's words take away my peace. But as I'm speaking to you now, I'm looking out the window and there's a huge tree in front of my window and it's windy at the moment. I'm just looking at that tree and that trunk is not moving. The leaves are moving so much because of the wind and the Mm. branches are flying and flapping, but that trunk's not moving. And 
I just, I, I suppose it's an image or a metaphor for us that within ourselves that we are that trunk to be rock solid in peace within Christ and everything around us, our leaves, our branches might flap around because of whatever's happening in the world. But if we can remain within the wind, within the storms, remain like that trunk of that tree, that rock solid within being peaceful no matter mm. the circumstances. Amen. Sister, what about you? What do you take away? Yeah, I think just the overriding thought of this, to have the total conviction of the goodness of God as the rock. You know, like God is your rock. He's your refuge, your place of safety. Just that overriding, he is the good one, you know, and, and, and that if that's, if that's it, if that's really certain become the more that that will become a certainty in life then peace is always a present reality because anything that any of these things that take away peace shift shift the gaze from from god's goodness to something less i think just you know that that living in the present moment absolutely 100% through up and down convinced of God's goodness mm-hmm. and yeah stick with him <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> and my takeaway is I want ice cream not <laughs> Amen. let's go for ice cream let's go for ice cream yes. it's easier <laughs> oh no I I just think gosh it's so like we've all read the book We've all reread the book. I think, you know, if we revisited it once every few months, that would be a good thing because mm-hmm. it's always good to have that reminder. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we spoke in the last episode about mentors and people who are ahead of us on the journey and the fact that we're not meant to do life alone. And mm-hmm. I think the saints are part of that. They're part of that circle of you know, goodness that God gives us to help us walk out this journey. And so I don't know, I encourage people to find a particular saint who really resonates with them and their experience and to, you know, read read their work, read their writings and to really pray that the Lord will grant the graces to be able to apply that in your daily life. And I love what he says, you know, at the end of one of the chapters, he says, then let us put into practice all that has been said with patience and perseverance and above all without becoming discouraged if we don't arrive at perfection. And I think that's a good note to end on, that not to be discouraged but to persevere with patience and to know that the Lord is good and that he loves us very much. Thank you, both of you. That's Thank been you. a fun journey. I'm a bit sad that yeah. it's going to end now. <laughs> I have to do another book study. <laughs> well, I like, know. <laughs> but, no, thank you so much. It's been such a blessing. Yeah. Thank, thank you thank so you. much, Karen, for all the effort and love that you've poured into this. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our book study on searching for and maintaining inner peace by Father Jacques Philippe. We really hope and pray that this conversation that we've had has been a blessing. And if you'd like to download the free PDF journal, please head on over to thegeniusproject.co and download that on the podcast page. If you've come into this and you've just been listening to the podcast on your own, but you would like to connect with other women, please contact the Sisterhood now 
National Catholic Women's Movement, you can get in touch by emailing info at sisterhood.org.au and someone will be in touch with you shortly. We will be hosting our national conference towards the end of this year and we have regular connect groups which operate in people's homes on a regular basis as well as local retreats once COVID restrictions lift. Next week, we will resume the Genius Project looking at the link between creativity and vulnerability. I look forward to you joining us then. Until then, have a beautiful week and God bless you.